Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're gonna deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I'm really pleased to have with me Bill Coletti on the line. He is the CEO of Kith and the author of Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. What we're going to talk about today is some really great actionable tips about how to manage the reputation of your company, whether it's, you know, even if it's small, you know, one or two people all the way up to a thousand or 10,000 people. Bill knows it all. So Bill, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's super awesome to be here. I look forward to a great conversation. Can you please tell me a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are, and a little bit about this book that you wrote on the new mindset of reputation management? Yeah, so we do crisis communications and reputation management. And I started my career running political campaigns. I did my first race when I was a senior in high school and then progressed through that through college and beyond for about 15, 20 years. And then transitioned over to corporate strategy consulting after political campaigns and using the same skill sets that we used in a political campaign, but really using that for corporate clients. And what we quickly learned and what we do now is that if you'll look back on any political campaign you've either observed or been involved in, you're just trying to have one less crisis than the other guy, and you're trying to create crises for them. And so it's a natural evolution from campaign management to corporate reputation management to doing what we do now, which is a blending of crisis and and reputation management together. We wrote the book in order to tell this story about actually how can corporations actually manage their reputation. And it came from a conversation I had with a great CEO when we actually sort of formulated the concepts of the four A's, which sort of underpin the book. What was interesting about what I've read so far in the book is that you make a distinct point between what is a crisis and what is a critical moment. And I think that it's important to, you know, to frame this conversation. What is the difference between the two? Yeah. So I think we'll do it in a very timely context. And when we're recording this is that we're in the midst of coming back around COVID-19. A lot of companies and a lot of organizations are thinking about coming back. The crisis was the middle of March. March 22nd is the date I sort of point at where a lot of companies had to make a decision to shut their operations down, move their employees remote, business decisions. That's a crisis. That had to be responded to in real time. You were given a little bit of grace because everything was happening really fast. The critical moment is how do you come back? And so critical moments are this long tail series of events that really impact your reputation. A crisis, an explosion at a chemical plant, a plane crash, those are singular momentary events 
that you typically get a good measure of grace, particularly in the United States, a good measure of grace. But critical moments, these longer tail issues, that's where organizations really stub their toe on how they manage them. And so acutely, shutting down was pretty straightforward in COVID. The long-term decision about how and when and what are we going to do to our facility footprint and format, those are the critical moments. Okay, very good. Let's talk about your one big tip. And it's how do you get your leadership team, whether it's one person or five people or 10 vice presidents, whatever it is, how do you get them to respond to a crisis together? Like what's the format that you walk them through in order to reach that point where they can make an intelligent decision together in terms of how to address what is happening to their company? So Jeff, I'd turn the question back around to you is how do we get a great basketball team or a great football team to do it, to get it together, to catch passes and make and score touchdowns? How do they do that? Well, you have a coach, mm-hmm. right? You have a coach or a series of coaches. There's practice, right? And there's also making sure everyone is knowledgeable enough about their purview in order to actually make it happen. Absolutely. You see, so you, you hit all three. You have a big picture plan, which is the head coaches. Typically you practice, you know, every day. And then you go look in the film room and you sort of learn and you study and you understand exactly what did we do and how did we do it? So it's a form of practice. So that is exactly the way great companies do crisis response and critical moments. Well, is they ask themselves, if this had happened to us, how would we respond? That's practice. And so that's how organizations get good at this. Crises are inevitable. They happen to even the best organizations. You can prepare for it by asking yourselves a question. If that had happened to us, if you read it in the newspaper, what would we do? That's a form of practice. Pick your favorite team. That's how they got great is by practicing as a unit. So basically what you're saying is like if you're in the restaurant industry, let's take Chipotle, for example. That's the one that comes to mind. They were a very fast growing fast food chain. They had a very distinct product. They seemed to be doing very well with it. And then they had the series of people getting sick. You know, now in the age of everyone, you know, taking pictures of their food and communicating and tweeting and Instagramming all this stuff, the news traveled a lot faster than if the same thing would have happened 20 years ago in a McDonald's, for example. Right. Mm hmm. Like, how can a business like that ask the right questions intelligently in order to make sure that they're coming to the right conclusion? I mean, is it just uh, every business is unique or is there a like a certain format of touch points that they should be hitting? How does that work? Awesome question. So I've studied Chipotle because we did a lot of we do a lot of work in the food service and, and food safety business is that there's two ways to look at Chipotle. You know, there's one is simply their crisis response. How did they respond when those people got sick? They responded relatively slowly. Their stand down for safety, which was kind of their big public response, it took them a little bit of time in order to bring that to to bring that to life. So their corporate response was a little bit slow and then it happened again. And so the thing that they really failed on and didn't do is twofold. One is they didn't learn their lesson. And they didn't really fix the underlying problem. And that's a little bit outside of what we do. That's more of an operational question that organizations really need to do. But I'm the first one to say, I can't spin you out of this problem. You need to operationally solve for this problem. And that's what they didn't do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is their mission and values. Chipotle loved sticking it to big ag. They loved sticking it to sort of big manufactured food industry, McDonald's and what have you. 
And that mission and value that they had of sort of sticking it to the man and all about sustainability slipped them up because there's a reason why big ag is really successful. Big ag is really successful because big ag is really safe because they've been doing it for hundred years plus and for a long time is that that's who they were. And so in that response that was slow and a little bit tone deaf actually mirrored what they stood for and who they are as an organization. So when you think about them, they could have been faster and they were really true to their mission and values. The problem was, is that that wasn't in line with the science. You can't source everything locally. There are, there's a reason why you have supply chains in the food business. So I don't want to go down that rabbit trail too much, but they didn't learn their lessons because they thought they were too disruptive in remaking the marketplace. You know, gravity is still heavy and black is still black and white is still white. You can't really fight the laws of physics. Earlier in the show, you talked about the four A's that every company needs to be looking at as they're evaluating and managing their reputation. What are those four A's and how do they apply to small and medium-sized businesses? Yeah, it's awesome. So it's it's simple. I think it applies to humans, individuals, whether you're taking a journey of weight loss or run a marathon, it applies to small business and applies to enterprise business. There are four components to the four A's. First is awareness. It's self-awareness. It's understanding about who are we, what do we stand for, what do we mean, why are we in business? So that's the first element of it is awareness. After that's assessment, where you actually ask those that matter most, your employees, your stakeholders, your customers, what do you expect from us? What do you want us to do? What do you expect us to do in the marketplace? And that's basically just asking. And so that's this notion of assessment. After that, it's authority. And authority is is placed in a very intentionally, not at the very top of the pyramid or at the very beginning, unless you're aware and unless you've asked your marketplace, you can't get permission from your leadership. And that's what comes in authority. You get permission to actually go on a journey of growing your reputation. So you have authority in that third step. There's a hidden feature. If you'll see it on the cover of the book, there's a blue, there's a solid blue line separating the top pyramid action from authority. That's well-intentioned consultant membrane. That's where you and I get filtered out because you and I come in with great ideas of let's go do action. Let's go do this. Let's do this amazing thing. But that membrane is there so that you go through the journey of awareness, assessment, authority, check in with this membrane, and then you actually take action to actually grow your reputation. And I unpack exactly what that means a little bit more deeply in the book. But it's a, it's a very intentional process and great organizations go through that mindset. But also there was a Marine. I used to live overseas and there was this Marine. I was training for a marathon. I was aware of what my capacity was. I asked my doctor if I could do it. I got a really good training plan and gave myself the authority. And then I went and made action. This Marine said, oh, no, I'm fit enough. I can go run a marathon. He failed miserably. He just jumped to action without doing anything through that process. I see lots of corporations immediately jumping LBGTQ, Black Lives Matter, jumping all around on all these social social causes and jumping to action without really understanding who and what they are and what people expect of them and whether their leadership will let them go on that journey. That's an amazing assessment, you know, because when you talk about how a lot of corporations are addressing the news that is affecting us today, right? You know, sometimes you almost have to take a step back and like, well, why is Nike talking about this? Or why is Chipotle talking about this? Right. And it just becomes a question of, okay, are they doing it just to score points? 
or are they doing it to truly make their little part of the world a better place? And what's interesting to watch, and this normally plays out on TMZ or on BuzzFeed, right, is how they get reamed by the public and on Twitter, you know, for going down those paths without really giving any thought to, am I tone deaf here? Am I really making a difference? Are the actions that we're taking based on some kind of assessment that we've taken in the past? They made a decision to run a marathon Friday at the bar and showing up at the line Saturday morning. (laughs) That's not a good way. It's not a good way to run a marathon. But if they had gone through some logical thought process, they wouldn't make those mistakes. So you are 100% right that organizations are getting tripped by that because they're making that decision after a couple beers at the bar on Friday night, as opposed to being thoughtful about the decision of the journey that they need to go on because people are seeing through lip service and lipstick, whatever metaphor you want to use. Organizations are getting tagged because people see through that inauthentic behavior. Bill, thank you so much for bringing that to the table. Can you please let people know where they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly if they would like to learn more? I love having conversations talking about this stuff. So our website is kith.co, K-I-T-H.co. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. It's Bill Coletti, pretty easy to find. There's not too many of us. On the website, it's the easiest place to find us and track us down. It's just hello at kith.co. There and LinkedIn are the two best places to track us down. Amazing stuff. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate you bringing the energy and, and bringing all this great knowledge to the podcast. Well, Jeff, thank you for what you do. It is, it's underappreciated, but you've got great content and continue sharing great ideas. So thank you for what you do. 